Hey there, friends. My name is Sam, and welcome to Seasoned in Facts. Do you often find yourself confused about all the nutrition information out there? Don't worry, you're not alone. The health and wellness industry is saturated with misinformation about nutrition. I'm here to help you sift through all this BS and give it to you straight with an evidence-based approach. And hopefully at the end of each episode, you'll feel a little more empowered on your own nutrition journey and a little less confused. This podcast is for educational purposes only. If you're wanting individualized nutrition recommendations, please seek out a registered dietitian nutritionist. All relevant references and links will be posted in the show notes. I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Seasoned in Facts. Today, we are on episode five, and I'm going to be talking about mindful eating. Uh, Let's see. It is the beginning of April. April 3rd to be specific. So we are officially in springtime. The flowers are starting to bloom around here in Northern Virginia. Like there's tulips and I think they're daffodils. They're like yellow. They're all blossoming everywhere in front of all of the neighbor's yards. And now I get why they use these flowers during like Easter, you know, it's like a decoration thing. We don't have these kind of flowers in Arizona, so I'm not used to seeing these. So I was like, okay, this makes sense now. Anyway, I hope y'all are uh, having a great day. It's the beginning of the week here. Um, So anyway, let's jump into mindful eating. So what exactly is mindful eating? Well, you might have heard the term intuitive eating as well. Sometimes mindful eating and intuitive eating are used interchangeably. Intuitive eating has like more, I'd say, of a structured framework as far as uh, there was two women that wrote a book based on a bunch of research back in the 90s and it's really taken off recently um, with intuitive eating and it's like this whole movement that includes haze which is health at every size uh, and mindful eating is kind of more of like um, more generalized version of that I would say and you can use it in all aspects of your life as well not not just with eating but obviously mindful eating is how I like to incorporate it but it's basically just getting back into tune with your body's internal and external cues Uh, your body has its own calorie counter inside of it so it gives you these different signals you know when it needs more more energy or calories and then when it's had enough of this energy or calories so it's just getting back to the root of you know paying attention to your body and relying less on external factors like in fad diets they you know will have you calorie track you know all these things through apps and it could be a good tool, especially like with macro counting, you know, there's a time and a place for calorie and macro counting, especially if you have specific goals, but I rarely suggest it for, you know, the everyday person. I'd rather you just, you know, learn to listen to your body um, because the apps aren't always going to be correct. They don't know, you know, exactly, you know, 
how much your calories change day to day because we are not machines, you know, it's not, we don't have a specific set amount of calories every day. It's not going to be exactly, you know, the same every day because your needs are going to change every day. You might move less one day compared to the other or as females, I'm thinking, you know, um, a certain time of the month, you know, when our hormones are changing and you might feel hungrier, well, it's because you're your energy needs, your metabolism is being boosted because of these changes. So you actually do need more, more calories in that time. So it's just getting back with mindful eating, listening to all of these cues. There is a lot that goes into mindful eating, but I want to start with your hunger cues. How do you know when you're hungry? Well, I think the most obvious, you know, sign is when you feel hunger pangs in your stomach. I think, you know, that's what we all think of when you're hungry. So this is a great sign. And I want you to, because there's a lot of diets that will tell you if you feel this hunger, you know, just to drink water or chew gum, you know, for weight loss reasons or whatever. But your body is telling you these signals for a reason. It's telling you it's hungry because the energy inside your body is low, aka the calories. And even if you don't work out that day, your body still needs calories because every organ, every cell in your body needs energy to function. Think about your heart pumping, your your lungs, you know, your breathing, your brain function. All of this needs calories to to function. So even if you're sitting on the couch all day, you still need this energy or calories. Some more signs of hunger would be a headache, low blood sugar, which causes you to be shaky. Even if you're not diabetic, you could be somebody that notices, you know, the shakiness of low blood sugar. You might become more irritable or feel low energy. You know, that comes back to your calorie needs. You you don't have enough energy to do anything because you don't have the calories in your body to do the things. Uh, you might have trouble focusing, you know, you're thinking about your brain because your brain needs these calories to function as well. And then, you know, you might feel tired. A lot of people, you know, their midday pick-me-up, they might reach for some a, another cup of coffee. They're like, I'm feeling tired. I need some coffee to give me, you know, that that caffeine boost. But I want you to think about when was the last time you ate? Do you really need caffeine or maybe you just need a snack or a little meal or something that's going to give you the actual energy? Because coffee, the way that it works is it doesn't actually give you energy. It just blocks the receptor in your brain that makes you think you're tired. Because when you think about it, if you're drinking a cup of black coffee, it only has maybe five calories in it. Obviously, if you're getting a latte or something, you're going to have more calories in it, you know, from the milk and such. But thinking about the coffee alone, this low calorie is not really giving you any actual energy. It's just the deception that it's giving you. So maybe you actually just need to eat something. I think those are the the general signs that people think of, you know, when they think of hunger. But maybe there's something 
you know, personally with you, you know the sign of that you're hungry. So it's definitely going to vary person to person. So how about when we know that we're full? I think this first one's pretty obvious as well. You know, you get that tight feeling in your stomach. You can literally feel it full, you know, that overstuffed feeling. Maybe if you ate too much, you feel a little sick. You might start feeling sluggish too if you ate too much or you are no longer enjoying food. And honestly, part of being, you know, mindful when it comes to eating is trying to avoid getting to this point where you feel sluggish and, you know, feeling sick when you eat. We want to be in that nice sweet spot where we feel satisfied, but we're not like not able to move because our bodies, you know, they'll go into rest and digest mode after we eat our, um, GI tract will start, you know, contracting muscles and breaking down food. So all of your energy is going to, you know, digesting these foods. So if you're overindulging, you know, this could be overstimulating. So this is why you feel so sluggish and tired after you overeat. And one of my favorite tools to use when it comes to hunger and fullness is something called the hunger scale. So if you Google this, you'll see, you know, a lot of different varieties. So many people have come up with their own version of it. But basically, it's a scale from 1 to 10. And 1 is on the end of the spectrum where you are, you know, extremely hungry. Um, You start feeling sick and dizzy, super weak. And then all the way on the other side of the spectrum at 10, you are so full that you feel so sick. And in between this, so at number five is right in the middle, like you're neutral, you're not hungry, you're not full. And when you go either way away from five, so if you start crawling down to four, three, and two, this is when you start getting more hungry. So four, you're beginning to feel hungry. Three, you're pretty hungry. Your stomach is beginning to growl. And then two, you're very irritable, low energy, large amounts of stomach growling. And then one, you're like dizzy and weak. And we don't want to get down to this this point, this low at one. I'd say even two is probably too low. We want to... stick closer to three or four where you're just starting to feel hungry because what happens if you go too long without food once you get your hands on food you're gonna feel ravenous and you're just gonna want to eat anything in sight you know all all rationale goes out the window and this could be a problem because then you are more likely to overeat your calorie needs And I'm looking at a scale that's color-coded, so it's easy to tell, you know, there's like green zone, there's like a yellow-orange zone, and then into the red zone. So we want to stay, you know, within, obviously we're going to start in the green zone, and then we're going to teeter off into the the, the, uh, yellow-orange-ish, you know, we definitely don't want to get into the red zone. So on the other end of the spectrum, as we're eating, so... We're starting at five, right, where we're just neutral. At six, we start to slightly feel full. You know, you're pleasantly full. Seven, you're getting slightly uncomfortable. 
eight, you're feeling stuffed. This is kind of getting into like Thanksgiving meal, you know, you're overindulging. And then nine, you're very uncomfortable, your stomach aches. And then 10, you're, you feel super, super sick. So what we want to do so we don't get to this 9 or 10, you know, where you're uncomfortably full, we want to stick, you know, within no more than 7, I would say. Even 8 is getting a little too too stuffed. Uh, you want to check in with yourself while you're eating, maybe halfway through your meal. Think think to yourself, how how are you feeling? Are Can you take one more bite and you know you'll feel satisfied or will one more bite like totally put you over the edge you know just check in with yourself and a lot of times the easiest way to do this at least in the beginning is without distractions I know everybody I even myself like I'll eat in front of the tv but I've trained myself to listen to these fullness cues uh, and paying attention you know especially halfway through my meal I know to check in with myself but in the beginning when you're you don't know training yourself you might try to do this without distractions because when you're watching tv you're just you know kind of mindlessly shoveling food into your mouth so you're not even paying attention to like what your body's telling you and it takes your your stomach a little bit of time to signal to your brain that it's full so you might still be eating and you're you've actually reached you know enough of your energy needs but your stomach hasn't sent that signal yet to your brain which brings me to my next point with eating slower let's see where was I Sorry, my boyfriend walked into the to the pod lab, aka the closet, because he needed to change. And now I forgot where I left off. Um oh, uh we were talking about eating slower. I kind of already explained this, you know, your your gut brain connection, you know, your stomach's going to tell your brain when it's full, but it takes a little bit of time. So if you are eating fast, this connection is going to take a little bit. And if you find yourself feeling bloated or you feel full very quickly after eating, I want you to think about your your eating habits. How fast are you eating and how much are you chewing? Because I mentioned this in the, the bloating episode. I don't remember which one it is. Three, I think. And digestion actually starts in your mouth. It's mechanical digestion as your teeth are breaking the foods apart. So this is helping your stomach so it has less to break apart once it gets into your stomach. Because if food is going down there whole, obviously you're going to feel more bloated. And when you're eating fast, you know, these. this is kind of going to be more likely that you're not chewing your food thoroughly. So it might sound, you know, a little woo-woo, but a way to help you to slow down um, and, you know, chew a little bit more is to engage your senses. You know, think about, really think about the flavors and everything that's going into the meal. What textures are you feeling? What smells, you know? This will help you, you know, pay more attention to not only these enjoyable cues, but more attention to your bodily cues of when it's getting full. 
food is meant for more than just fuel, you know? It's okay to enjoy the foods you eat and pay attention to, you know, the happiness that it's bringing to you. Have you ever noticed when you're eating something, like maybe a snack, uh, maybe something sweeter, that it eventually loses its appeal? This is kind of your body telling you, like, hey, I've had enough of this. But a lot of times if we're mindlessly snacking, you know, maybe in front of the TV or something and just grabbing out of the bag, we're not listening to our body telling us this, that it's had enough. Because a lot of times with like sweet stuff or like salty stuff, you'll taste it and it just won't taste as good, you know, after the, I don't even know, certain amount of bites, whatever it is for your body. I like to tell people, you know, especially when you're enjoying more calorie-dense foods, maybe a piece of cake or something like that, just um, being mindful when you're eating it and noticing these, these cues that your body is telling you when it's had enough and eating them without distractions as much as possible. And I forgot to mention this when I was talking about the hunger scale. But obviously, you know, you're sometimes you're going to go a long time without eating and you just don't have access to food right away. Or maybe you went out to dinner and you overindulged and you definitely hit, you know, that eight or nine point, which is completely fine. But I want you to try to stay within, you know, that yellow orange area as much as possible and obviously the green as well so every now and again you know going to either extreme of the scale is totally fine and my next point kind of goes back to the hunger side of the hunger scale but not to skip meals so depending on how active you are and how big your last meal was, a good rule of thumb is to eat about every three to four hours, whether that's a snack or a meal. Obviously, only you know your body and how much you ate last time and, you know, you can tell how much, you know, you feel like you need to eat in this next meal or snack. And something that is going to help you between your meals and your snacks is making sure that your meals and snacks are balanced. And what I mean by balanced is obviously we want to try to have a carb source in there. Usually somebody's, you know, got a carb source, either like a bagel or some bread or maybe got a muffin going on, whatever it may be. And this is great because carbohydrates are your body's preferred source of fuel. So they're going to get into your bloodstream and be used as energy a lot quicker compared to fats and proteins. This is great, but we just don't want this sudden blood sugar spike. If you're eating just a carb source, your blood sugar is going to go up and then drop really quickly. And you're going to be hungry right after this the spike goes down. So instead, we want to balance our our meals and our snacks, have a carb source and a protein or a fat source with it. If you can, obviously all three, usually during meals, you know, bigger, uh, bigger meals, you're going to have all three, a carb, a fat and a protein. But when it comes to snacks, you know, snacks are a little bit harder, especially like on the go and such. So if you have a carb source, just try to pair either a 
a protein source or a fat source with it. So let's say you have, let's say you have a, a piece of fruit. So you have an apple. This is going to be your carb source. Something that you can add to that would be peanut butter. So peanut butter has got a little bit of protein and fat in it. So that's a good choice. And that's going to keep you feeling satisfied and a little bit more full for longer in between your, your meal or your snack whenever you have your next, your next meal. And when you feel more satisfied between your meals and your snacks, you're less likely to mindlessly snack and, you know, keep reaching for things. So it's okay to eat more food. Just, you know, make sure you're, you're balancing your food as much as you can, like anything. It's not always going to be perfect. But if you can, you know, try to do this, this snack or meal formula as much as you can, then that would be great. I want you to know that you can enjoy foods without judgment. You know, you can know that some days, yeah, you might eat more nutritiously one day than the other, but it's your overall consumption and being consistent that counts. So maybe one day you eat only candy, but the next few days you enjoy nutrient-dense foods and a few sweet treats here and there in that day. It's all going to balance out. And just allowing yourself these sweet treats too and knowing, you know, there's no such thing as good or bad foods. You know, you, the only way to neutralize food is to allow them all. So if we put desserts and quote unquote junk food up on this pedestal, we restrict them because we think, you know, we feel guilty and we think we're bad for eating them when really food has no morality to it. Like even, even the candy, candy is a carb source, right? It's sugar. It's going to break down into your body and use, be used as energy the same way that sugar in fruit does. Sugar is sugar is sugar. (laughs) It's all used the same. The only difference is that candy just doesn't have all the other nutrients that, uh, some fruit would like fruits got, you know, vitamins, minerals, and fiber in it. Whereas the sugar is just sugar in it, but there is a place for everything. But what happens when we over restrict these types of foods, these, you know, desserts, junk food, sweets, whatever, then when we finally get a hold of them, we, we, overindulge in them and we feel guilty and you might feel terrible like physically terrible because you overate so it's this balance of finding you know personally for me I like to have something sweet every day and it's not necessarily an entire piece of cake or anything like that you know maybe it's just a little piece of chocolate or whatnot but if I was completely restricting myself of chocolate or all sugar or whatnot what would happen when I would finally get a hold of it is I would probably go ham and eat like a crap ton of it and then just feel like crap so instead I just like to balance it out a little bit you know throughout throughout the day I enjoy these foods without guilt and then I notice when my body is satisfied and it's had enough and then I move on and I know that I'm going to get, you know, nutrient dense foods in other sources throughout that day. 
And I want you to know that you can eat the real thing if you want, like the real dessert. You don't have to healthify everything unless you actually like the healthier version. Or, you know, sometimes I like to experiment in the kitchen. So I might take a recipe and try do a twist on it, add cottage cheese to it instead of cream cheese or whatnot, because sometimes they actually end up tasting good. But for one example is like protein ice cream, like Halo Top. I used to think that I, you know, had to eat only Halo Top ice cream to be healthy and I couldn't have the real thing anymore. But honestly, I didn't even enjoy it. So instead, I just, you know, enjoy the real thing in moderation and move on. I don't need to pick the protein ice cream. I know that I can get my protein sources from other real protein sources throughout the day. The last portion of mindful eating that I want to talk about is movement. So I know this doesn't have to do with eating necessarily, and I'm not a personal trainer by any means, but I think it's super important to emphasize uh, getting movement into your day as well because, you know, movement and nutrition kind of go hand in hand as far as your health goes. So any movement is going to be good movement chores or yard work, things around the house are going to count too. The recommendation is 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous activity per week and two days of muscle strengthening activities per week. So it doesn't have to all be at once either. You can do, let's say you're going to do, um, 15 minutes in the morning, and then 15 minutes on your lunch break. So you get a total of 30 minutes that day. That is completely fine. You don't have to do it all at once. Whatever works into your schedule and is best for you, as long as you're getting some kind of movement in. And an example of moderate activity would be like a brisk walk, water aerobics, riding a bike on just level ground, pushing the lawnmower. You can um, talk during vigorous activity, but not sing. So that's a good way to think about, you know, how, how, um, how much your heart rate should be going up. And examples of vigorous activity would be jogging or running, swimming laps, riding a bike fast or on hills, or playing tennis or basketball. And you can do a combination of these throughout the week. You know, you can do one day, it'll be moderate, the next it'll be vigorous. So one thing to note is one minute of vigorous intense activity is about the same as two minutes of moderate intense activity. So if you do only vigorous activity, then you can technically, you know, only need 75 minutes per week of those activities. And then some examples of muscle strength training would be obviously lifting weights, using resistance bands, body weight stuff like push-ups or sit-ups. You know, you don't have to go to the gym to get, you know, muscle strength training in. You can just use your body weights, anything that you're using to resist and work those muscles. Uh, some forms of yoga as well. And then even gardening, like digging and shoveling. So that kind of just hits the tip of the iceberg as far as mindful eating goes. If you follow me on Instagram and you notice recently, you know, I changed my handle to Mindful Millennial Nutrition because mindful eating is something I have 
personally adopted within the last few years, but I never really like labeled it, I would say. As far as like mindful and intuitive eating, if if there was no such thing as fad diets, if those didn't exist, then mindful and intuitive intuitive eating wouldn't need a label on them. They would just be eating, right? Because you're just getting back to your instinctual, the way you should eat, be eating, listening to your body, not relying on these external diet factors. So I hope you have been finding these tips helpful. If you don't already, uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm always posting, especially recently, more mindful eating tips. You can find me at Mindful Millennial Nutrition. And if you enjoyed this episode, please come talk to me in the DMs. I love to chat about all of this. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening today, you guys. I will talk to you next week. If you found today's episode useful, please follow, write a review, or share with your friends on social media. And remember to tag me at Mindful Millennial Nutrition. And until next time, keep nourishing and fueling that body, girl. Give it the food it deserves.